Wrapping up our AL Central Farm System previews is the Kansas City Royals, who have changed managers, who have changed GMs, and player development staff, and are probably in their last chance to make the rebuild work before you got to start over. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, the number one sportsbook in America and the new sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So looking at the Kansas City Royals and their farm system, they have been very good at developing hitters. So look at last year, they got Vinny Pascantino to the bigs. They got Bobby Witt Jr. to the bigs. They got MJ Melendez to the bigs. And all of those guys performed pretty well. Uh, Bobby Witt, 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases. Vinny Pascantino almost hit 300. My hot take on Vinny Pascantino is I think he's going to contend for the AL batting title in 2023 because he has a very, very good contact. And then MJ Melendez... Uh, not only working as a catcher behind Salvador Perez, but athletic enough and talented enough to work in the outfield as well. So very impressive there. And you look at the top prospects in this system, it kind of continues that trend. There's more position players that you're out there trying to develop. The number one prospect in this system right now is outfielder Gavin Cross, 2022 first rounder out of Virginia Tech, 6'3", 210, and really kind of, I had two great years in 21 and 22 in college that got him into the first round, into the top 10. Uh, got 26 games in low A after he was drafted. 293, 423, 596. So almost 300 batting average, over 400 um, on base, and almost 600 slugging, which he was 21 years old in low A, so a little old for the level, but that's one of those things we talk about the slash line kind of tells you it was a dude. I expect him to go probably to high A quad cities next year, uh, but he will very quickly be in double A. In those 26 games, seven home runs, 14 extra base hits, 22 walks to 31 strikeouts, four or six on stolen bases. Defensively, uh, he can play center field, but his speed is not anything exemplary. He's got probably average speed the arm is above average. He's athletic enough for center field. He's got good enough reads and routes and reactions for center field. But I really think he's more likely to be a right fielder at the, at the next level. It's something where you can have an average defender in center field. Or you can have an above average to plus defender in right field with an above average to plus arm. Really kind of works like that. But offensively, what I love about Gavin Cross is... He's very patient at the plate. Uh, it's, it's almost like thinking about the Matrix where the bullet time and everything slows down. When you watch Gavin Cross, it looks like everything slows down at the plate for him. He's really good at letting the ball come in, like travel into the zone before he just absolutely barrels it. Uh, he's really good at uh, gap to gap as far as like spraying line drives. The the 
lefty swing can get home runs out of it when he pulls stuff. Um, so, you know, whenever they go play the Yankees, he's going to feast in that ballpark. But he's not quite at uh, full field power yet. I think it's going to come. I still think it can develop a little bit more. The thing to be concerned about a little bit is 25% strikeout rate in low A. I don't know how much of that was small sample size. I don't know how much of that was some sort of like an issue in his approach, but he did significantly get better over his time in college. And so I believe he's going to be able to continue to develop and continue to get better with that. So I'm not as concerned yet because of a small sample size. We'll check back on Gavin Cross once we get, I would say, probably to May, you know, and see how he's doing in high A quad cities and see if the strikeouts are still an issue with a larger sample size than 26 games. Uh, Number two prospect in the system, third baseman Caden Wallace. Another 2022 draft pick, this one in the second round out of Arkansas. Uh, 6'1", 205, and got 27 games in low A, just about the exact same amount as Gavin Cross. 294, 369, 468. Two home runs, 12 extra base hits. 12 walks to 22 strikeouts and 8 and 9 on stolen bases. Batting average almost the exact same as Gavin Cross, but on base was about 50 points lower. You can see the walks were all just just over half of what Gavin Cross had. And then the slugging was about 120 points lower and a lot of that was the lack of the home runs. The extra base hits was actually kind of close, 14 to 12, but he only hit two homers. And that kind of explains a lot of the difference in the numbers between those two defensively, I want to get that out of the way, uh, he, he, he's got plenty of arm strength. I mean, 70 grades, an absolute cannon. Uh, I think he's going to be above average at third. Uh, his speed isn't anything necessarily amazing, but the range is good enough. And when you see the stolen bases, I know that I, I said the speed isn't great. He was 8-9 on stolen bases. A lot of that was very good baseball instincts, and then the advantage of the pickoff restrictions in low A. Obviously, that's going to be all the way through the through baseball next year. So that's not necessarily something that's going to go away as he gets older. Uh, but the speed itself is only necessarily about average or so. Offensively, very compact swing, but he's got good power. And so he can get the ball or he can get the bat into the zone quickly and he can linger in the zone. So I think he's going to be an above-average hitter. I think the power is going to also be above average. It's a very smooth swing, very efficient swing, not a lot of wasted movement. And so I, I do see the power being fine. Obviously, not necessarily great in the small sample of 27 games in low A. I do think it's going to develop, and I do have him as, a, as an above-average power potential as he continues to make his way through the system. Number three prospect in the system, guy acquired via trade last year from the Braves. Really unique trade because the Braves traded to get a competitive balance pick. Um, that was inter- that just an interesting thing, a, sub- you know, a supplemental first round pick in the draft last year. But outfielder Drew Waters, 2017 second rounder by the Braves out of high school, got an 83 games in the minors between AAA Gwinnett for Atlanta and AAA Omaha, and then... 32 games in the bigs. So in those 83 minor league games in the two, in the two organizations, 269, 345, 460, 13 home runs, 31 extra base hits, 37 walks to 101 strikeouts in 83 games. So there's your 
your power tool is only as good as your hit tool kind of stuff. And 18 and 19 on stolen bases. In the bigs, 240, 324, 479. The batting average came down about 25 points. This is a 32-game sample. The on-base came down about 20 points. The slugging went up about 20 points. Five home runs, 12 extra base hits, 12 walks to 40 strikeouts, again in 32 games. Uh, No stolen base attempts. So he's going to contend for a starting outfield job in spring training. Uh, He has plus speed, plus arm, plus defense. He can play anywhere in the outfield. He can give you, he can play center field. He can play left. He can play right. Kauffman Stadium has a big outfield. So I think it's useful to have a guy with a center field skill set. If you decide that Kyle Isbell is your center fielder or or whoever, having Drew Water in one of the corners gives you above average outfield defense because of how much ground he can cover. Offensively, he didn't really make any major changes when he left the Braves. It was something where both him and Christian Pache at one point in time were top outfield prospects for the Braves, and the offense just never really came along. The Braves shipped Pache out to, to the Oakland A's, along with catcher Shane Langoliers as part of the Matt Olson deal. He continued to not really show the offense. Drew Waters got a little better, better and it seemed to be more of of confidence more so than anything. He's just a, he needed the change of scenery and he got it and it worked out. He's a switch hitter and uh, it's a quick swing into the zone and he's got decent power in the zone. I do think offensively he ends up being um, slightly below average on the hit tool. I, 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 he's going to be one of those guys with a batting average below 250 in the bigs, but He's going to have a slugging in the mid to upper fours. His, his OPS will be somewhere around, like somewhere in the high sevens to low eights probably. But he's going to give you plus defense. He's probably not a starter for a division contending team. But on a team like the Royals that are looking, they're trying to raise the floor of this organization, he's absolutely a useful piece. Um, but either way, expect him to contend for a job out of spring training. Would be easier to have him in the lineup every day if you knew that Hunter Dozier was going to be gone. But that's neither here nor there. Um, the the fourth prospect in this system, and a guy who would also benefit from Hunter Dozier leaving, is shortstop Michael Garcia. 2016 IFA, 6'1", Got in 118 games between AA and AAA, and then a small sample size of just under 10 games at the big league level. In those 118 games, 285, 359, 427, 11 home runs, 46 extra base hits, 58 walks to 102 strikeouts, and 39 of 47 on stolen bases. He is very, very good as far as like just pure baseball knowledge. The instincts, uh, understanding what's going to happen, it's been fantastic. He is a true shortstop. I think there is a scenario where, depending on what happens with Bobby Witt and his defense at short, there is a scenario in the future where Michael Garcia uh, takes over shortstop and Bobby Witt moves to third. But I do think what's more likely is if he makes the roster out of spring training, which I don't think he will. I think he'll be in AAA. But if he makes the roster out of spring training, you could see him playing third base whenever Hunter Dozier is flipped, flipped at the deadline, if not before. Uh, offensively, he's got an open stance 
very good plate coverage. So he is good at at using at covering the entire plate to put balls to any part of the field. The power is kind of where you're concerned. Uh, he hit 34 doubles last year, ton of doubles, but he only had 11 home runs in 118 games. So, you know, one less than every 10 games or so. And it's something where, you know, again, the gap power, very, very useful. It's just, I'm, I'm, you need to see more physical development to get the power into games. Um, it's entirely possible it happens. His hit tool jumped from 2021 to 2022. I, I mean, we moved him up from a below average hitter to an above average hitter. He improved on that. So it's entirely possible that he also improves the power with another offseason of physical development. I'll remind you, he's only, I think he, he turns 23 in March. So he's still a young player. Again, expect him to go to AAA to start the year. If there's injuries at the big league level and or you trade away Hunter Dozier and you, you need another guy, Michael Garcia is going to be one of the first guys you call up to work on the left side of the infield. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching. This is the big thing with this system, and this is what's going to, to determine the success of the Major League team. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. This is the only app you need at your Super Bowl party. Uh, the FanDuel app is America's number one sports book in a safe, secure, and super easy to use app. I'm totally excited about having the, our new sports betting partner come on right before the Super Bowl because they have a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel app now to bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You can bet everything from the money line, point spreads, who will score touchdown. Looking at it right now, the line as of Friday is Eagles by one and a half. You can go in... Like I said, tons of things. Will anybody score two or more touchdowns? Will anybody score three or more touchdowns? Will both teams complete their first pass attempt? Who will have the more pass, most passing yards? Who will have the most rushing yards? How many players will throw passes? There's tons of fun props you can do in there. You can combine players. If any of these players score, you win. Things like that. It's re- just really interesting and fun options you have around the Super Bowl. And then the great thing is when the game is over, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so the state of the pitching This is the hard thing in this system. This is ultimately what got Dayton Moore fired. Uh, Dayton Moore came from the Braves. A lot of the guys in the system came from the Atlanta Braves. And the Braves have always invested very heavily in pitching. And Dayton Moore did the same thing. Uh, The system was having some trouble in 2018. And so you went out and they, they went hard on college pitching in the 2018 draft. You got Brady Singer. You got Daniel Lynch. You got Chris Bubik. You got Jonathan Heasley. You got Jackson Kowar. And last year, you got, like you saw just about all of those guys, with the exception of Kowar, in the full season starting rotation in Kansas City, which is great. That's player development success, right? Well, a lot of them had ERAs over five, except for Brady Singer. And 
the 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 failure to properly develop those pitching prospects is ultimately what got Dayton Moore fired. Uh, new general manager in place, new um, new manager of the team in place. You know, new head coach, uh, new player development staff. You have an opportunity to sa- kind of salvage some of this because you drafted sixty eight arms since twenty eighteen. There's a ton of pitchers in this system. Sixty four percent of all of your draft picks have been pitchers ton of arms in this system and a lot of guys that just need a couple small tweaks to take off. Example of what I'm talking about. Right-hand pitcher Ben Kurdna, 2021 second rounder out of high school, 17 games in low A last year, 3-4-8 ERA in 72 and a third innings, 61 walks, so 7.6 strikeouts per nine. I'm sorry, 61 strikeouts, so 7.6 strikeouts per nine to 32 walks, just under four walks per nine. Four home runs allowed. Fastball is a plus fastball. Sits in the low to mid 90s, 92 to 95. Uh, he's added some weight to the frame. Not, he's uh, about 6'3", 215. But I think you have some more physical development and some more velocity you can unlock in this fastball. The slider is a gyro slider. It's above average. Sits in the low 80s. Has a lot of late kind of bite to it. Uh, the changeup is a 50 grade. It plays well but it needs more deception and arm speed difference from the fast. I'm sorry, it needs the, the arm speed needs to match, um, and it needs more velocity difference from the fastball. It's not as slow compared to the fastball as you would like, and you can see that it's slower in the arm action when he throws it. So he needs to, to speed up the arm, but slow down the actual pitch. I know that sounds complicated, but welcome to the world of a changeup. A prep pitcher usually is not going to have a great changeup because they are the hardest pitchers to throw. He did use it a lot more last year, so he's getting more comfortable with it. You just still have some work to go with that. Um, good, clean delivery, but like that's a thing. If you can fix that changeup, I think he could take off in 2023. Uh, the other young prepster in 2021, the first round pick, Frank Mozicato, 6'3", 190. Uh, also got in 19 games in low A, 430 ERA in 69 innings pitched with 89 strikeouts, so 11.6 per nine, to 51 walks, 6.6 per nine, uh, six home runs allowed. Thing here is all of his stuff, like, so his stuff is good, right? The, the fastball above average sits between 89 and 92, so a little bit of, of physical development to do to get the velo up there. He's 6'3", 190. You've got some room to do that. Uh, the curveball is a plus pitch, though. Sits high 70s, you know, 78, 79, maybe 80. Um, moves to the glove side, but then also has like a foot and a half of vertical break. So fantastic vertical movement, quite a bit of horizontal movement as well. Looks really good. I like that curveball a lot. The changeups above average sits in the mid 80s. Um, so not a ton of separation from the fastball that's in the low 90s, but the arm speed is very good. Uh, the, the vertical break on the changeup is very good, and the arm speed matches pretty well. And so you have that nice picture of you have a fastball that stays up in the zone, it has good rise to it, you've got a changeup that drops pretty well, and then you have a curveball that drops and breaks to the glove side. So it's a good visual picture, you just need to slow down the changeup a little bit. And then the control issues you see, uh, you know, he he had like six walks per nine. 
a lot of that's mechanics, and it's in the delivery and the follow-through. He has some instability in his front leg when he contacts the ground. And so because of that, he I, I, it's like at the last second, if you're trying to throw and somebody tilted your body or leaned your body, it's going to throw your pitch off target. That's kind of what happens to Frank Mazzucato. So it's a, it's a mechanical issue. It can be fixed. Uh, if you don't fix it, you're looking at having to move him to the bullpen. Uh, very early, obviously. Uh, but plenty of time to fix it. But I expect him to spend time in high A quad cities. I probably don't put him in double leg until that's fixed. I want to get that fixed. A couple other guys just to mention real quick. Uh, 2016 IFA left-hand pitcher Angel Zerpa. I think that's right, Zerpa. Uh, six foot, 225. 19 games in the minors last year before he briefly got up into the bigs. 402 ERA in 71 and two-thirds innings. 69 strikeouts, so 8.7 per nine to 25 walks, 3.1 per nine, seven home runs allowed. I like the control. The control is above average. None of the pitches necessarily feel like they're plus pitches. They're all average or above average. So the four, he, he throws both a four-seamer and a two-seamer. Uh, both of them kind of above average. Both of them sit around 94 or 95 or not. The, the four-seamer's got some decent glove side. And then obviously the two seamers, more of a sinking kind of movement. So they have different movement there, but the arm speed's really good on both of those. Uh, the slider above average sits in the low to mid 80s, looks like a cutter. So nice movement to that. And then the changeup is high 80s and probably an average pitch, but he throws it down and away to righties as kind of a chase pitch, more so than a, a swing and miss pitch. He feels confident in it. He feels good in it. It's just something where the speed isn't necessarily fully on the difference that you want because it's 87 and the fastball's, you know, 94 or so. So again, another guy who needs work on the changeup to slow it down. Uh, the last pro- pitching prospect I want to mention because we got a lot to get through here still. Right-hand pitcher Beck Way, 2022 fourth rounder out of Belmont University. He was actually in the Andrew Benatendi trade. He was the compensation for Andrew Benatendi. But 22 games in the minors last year and high A between both organizations. 375 ERA in 108 innings with 127 strikeouts of 10.6 per nine to 43 walks, 3.6 per nine, 10 home runs allowed. The thing to know here is also has a four-seamer and a two-seamer. Also throws a cutter. So he technically has three fastballs. Uh, above average for the four-seamer and two-seamer. Kind of sit in the, you know, 94, 95 or so. Um, cutter's kind of new. So I don't necessarily, I haven't seen a ton of it. Don't necessarily know how good it is. Haven't really seen it a lot. But the slider is a plus slider. 14 inches of vertical break. I'm sorry, 14 inches of horizontal break. It's that classic Yankee sweepy slider. So 14 inches of horizontal break. Gets a ton of swing and miss. 50% swing and miss. I mean, every other time he throws it, a dude swings and does not make contact. Uh, He also has a change below average. Same thing. Needs more separation from the fastball. That's kind of a trend in this system, I've noticed. And again, I haven't seen a lot of the cutter. But he the slider is so good, he throws the slider more than all three of those fastballs combined. Which, baseball's moving that direction. People are throwing less and less fastballs unless your fastball has amazing velocity or a fantastic outlier movement profile. So the slider is very, very good. He needs to throw more strikes. Um, he kind of has like a whippier, slingy kind of arm action. 
And so the command's got to get better, and then he's got to get the changeup to separate from the fastballs. If he can do that, you're looking at a guy who can absolutely be in a rotation. If that doesn't happen, he's going to be stuck as a reliever. Now, he could probably be a, a, a back-of-the-bullpen, you know, higher leverage reliever, but he's going, to be a, he's going to be a reliever if he can't get that figured out. In just a minute, let's knock out the superlatives. Uh, the power tool is only as good as your hit tool, the breakout, and the best outfield defender right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we are back. So, uh, the guy whose power tool is only as good as his hit tool in this system actually is going to be Gavin Cross. Uh, it's, it's, there's not a traditional super, super high power slugger that has a terrible hit tool in this system like a lot of systems have. The, uh, the Royals have done a good job of, priori- of at least prioritizing hitters who can make contact. And Gavin Cross is probably your, your closest bet. We talked about his strikeout rate being 25%. So something to be mindful of as he moves up is how does, what do the strikeouts do when he gets in front of better competition? Your breakout prospect, I, there's a ton of catchers in this system, and I love a lot of these catchers. Hayden Dunhurst, a lot of these guys, but Carter Jensen is the guy to me. 2021 third rounder out of high school. Yes, a prep catcher is like the riskiest possible thing you can ever look at. And yes, it's going to be a while before you see him in the bigs because he's a prep catcher. They have so much work to do. But last year, he got 113 games in low A. 226, 363, 382. 11 home runs, 37 extra base hits, 83 walks to 103 strikeouts, 8 of 14 on stolen bases. So the thing about Carter Jensen, the reason why I think he's a breakout is when you watch him. So one, left-handed hitting catcher, not a thing you see a lot. Above average power, not a thing you see a lot. That that package of a left-handed hitting catcher with power, that is valuable because that is not a very common profile. The swing is very compact. And so again, quick into the, the zone, can linger in the zone for a while. And uh, has natural loft to it. And when you watch, he just peppers line drives from gap to gap. He's not really hitting for power to the entire field. It's more of a gap to gap thing. But again, he's just crushing line drives into the gaps. Uh, his approach is what I really love, though. He, When he first started last year, there was times when he would be a little bit, I'm not going to say timid in the box, but he would, he would be a little too patient, waiting for the perfect pitch. And over time, he got better with understanding this is a pitch I can do damage with. It's not the perfect pitch, but it is good enough for me to put a quality swing onto it, barrel it, and put it at the wall for a double. And so he did, he's done very good with that, sticking with pitches that he can drive. And then has gotten very good with his two-strike approach and kind of understanding, okay, the first two strikes are mine. Once I get to two strikes, this at-bat becomes the team's at-bat. I need to understand, rather than trying to still hit a home run, pull a home run, or still trying to to, uh, drive a line drive into the gap, I need to understand with two strikes, I got to shorten my swing, choke up a little bit, get a ball in play, move a runner over. And so I expect the strikeouts to get a little better as that continues to mature. 
Now, defensively, he's going to be an average defender. He's decently athletic despite the speed not being great. The arm is above average. He's just kind of raw. He didn't start catching, as I understand, until high school. He wasn't catching until he got into high school. And so he's just a little bit young at this, needs to work on the blocking, needs to work on the receiving. Game calling is always a thing that almost every catcher, when they get to the to professional baseball, has to work on. But I like the potential of left-handed hitting power catcher in Carter Jensen. Uh, I expect him probably to start at high A. He will be pretty young for the level. He was only 18 last year in low A. His birthday apparently is July of, two, of, of 2003. That's when he was born. So he's not going to turn 19 until midway through the season. So he'll still be young for the level. But I, I do think he's going to do pretty well in high A in 2023. Best outfielder, def- Best outfield defender in this system is Diego Hernandez, 2017 IFA out of the Dominican. Had on 115 games between high A and double A last year. 284, 347, 408. Nine home runs, 34 extra base hits, 39 walks to 100 strikeouts, and 40 of 52 on stolen bases. And the stolen base number is a good place to talk about what Diego Hernandez does really well. And what he does really well is he is very fast, he has a very big arm, And he has very good reads, routes, and reactions. He is one of the better. I would would put him as a top 10 outfield defender in the minor leagues right now. So 70 grade speed. The arm is 60 to 65. Not quite sure exactly where it's going to come out, but very good. It got to the point he racked up a couple outfield assists in the first couple weeks of the season in high A. And then teams just stopped letting their guys run. Like So we didn't get as many chances to see it as we wanted, but arm is very good. Speed is fantastic. Now, he has to have good speed because right now his swing is not the best. He hits ground balls more than 50% of the time. So when he gets on, it is because he smacked a ground ball and then he beat the throw to first. Now, 32 games in AA Arkansas to end the year, batting average was 298. That worked up to a point, but there's going to be a moment when that stops working. He's done some work to shorten the swing. He's done some work to elevate the ball. Still has some work to get there. There's also a physical development you need. Uh, Last I saw, I don't know if this is accurate or not. Last I saw about six foot 150. So obviously some physical development you can do. You don't want to do too much. You don't want the speed to back up anything significant away from a 70 because that is game-breaking speed. But Diego Hernandez, very good defensive outfielder, very high floor. And I think even if his hit tool didn't get appreciably better, you could still see him as a defensive replacement fourth outfielder type in the bigs. So that's how good his defense is already. What a fantastic week this week. We're starting off with the West Divisions next week, but first we have our mailbag on Monday. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com, or drop your questions in the new Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description, and the link is in the show notes. Until Monday, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.